When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everyone and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pixels. It is a new world. It is a new universe of gaming where up is right, left is down, and all of those things. And we're going to be talking about all of it. We're going to be talking about uh, happy news, like the Nintendo Direct. We're going to be happy uh, talking about uh, less happy news, like the Activision Blizzard uh, layoffs and uh, profits that we've heard about last week and Apex Legends, and many more things, of course. My name is Patrick Beja, and today I'm super happy to be welcoming Garrett Weinsroll on the show. How's it going, Garrett? It, is, it has been a while since I have been on here, Patrick. I felt like uh, for a little me. bit there, uh, I, was, I, was feeling, I was feeling like a, a regular guest host, and, <laughs> and now it's been a little while. Listen, we can uh, correct that mistake and start... Right now, because I've learned, um, well, I knew that you had stuff uh, and feelings and stuff to say about Activision and Blizzard that I've always known because you're a lover of those uh, games, especially on the Blizzard side. But I learned that, uh, what, you are going to object to your love of Activision? Is that what you were going to say? I was going to say, not since uh, they fired those two dudes and Respawn was created, have I been particularly passionate about the Activision side of things. Mm, that's fair enough. Um, and But I also learned, a uh, transition, that Respawn also has your love and that you've been a fan of uh, Battle Royale games for a while. I, I completely didn't know about that part of your life it's like you're leading a double secret life that's it's like incredible. i couldn't do a podcast about them and and therefore no one assumed i uh <laughs> i had a, a dog in the race or a horse in the race i mean there's dog and horse races dog races make me sad. yes you you didn't have an animal in that race that's true because you basically do a podcast about every game you enjoy so um yeah that that's fair to assume so you've been playing battle royales for a long time and we're also going to be talking about the latest uh, love and podcast of Garrett Weintroll, um, Apex Legends. Because two weeks ago, when we did the first episode, when we talked about Apex Legends, oh, how young we were. The game had just come out. We thought it was pretty good. But we didn't realize it was a tsunami that was going to transform the entirety of the gaming business. Well, maybe not that much, but basically be the most successful thing ever since ever. And uh, yeah, <laughs> we're yeah, going to be talking about that. One might say it came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> I am tempted to break into song, but I will not. Um, and since we're, you know, we're going to be talking about the most incredible Battle Royale game that uh, released this month and that 
has had uh, uh, is going to have an impact on the entire industry is the is joke tired yet do you see where i'm going there no uh, no i thought you were going to stick the landing and then you 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 <laughs> broke the fourth wall damn it uh yes we're going to start with the nintendo direct and of course the biggest announcement in that nintendo direct uh, tetris 99 i debated with myself and with Garrett whether we should start with Activision Blizzard or something else. And uh, I've been talking about Activision Blizzard for the better part of the last 10 days, I feel. So I, I thought I could use a, a little bit of a break to talk about something else in a podcast. But we will get to, to it. Um, so if that is why you are listening to this, please stick with us and uh, we while we talk about happier things. So, yes. Yes, which is exactly what Nintendo is because they are they just are they just ruling the world at the moment Patrick that's how it feels it feels like Nintendo is just king of the mountain I mean sometimes there are some Nintendo directs which are a little bit disappointing sometimes they're not as great as we would hope for them to be and sometimes it's just oh hey I'm hearing rumors that there's going to be a direct in a couple of days, yeah, I, it's the beginning of the year. Nothing big, surely. It's not going to be like an incredible thing with lots of things that are going to be it, super exciting for everyone. And then and, they open the Ark of the Covenant, and Tetris ninety nine melts the skin from our. <laughs> well, the, the, so the the really interesting thing is that they didn't even, you know, Tetris ninety nine was like this throwaway announcement towards the end, like, oh, it's this free little thing that you were. You're going to be getting with the uh, Nintendo Switch Online subscription. They opened with Super Mario Maker 2, which is also incredible. There was Le Legend of Zelda's uh, Link Awake Link's Awakening, which is a remake of the Game Boy title, which I guess no one knew we wanted until I, many people knew they wanted it, I suppose. But uh, that's super cool. There's... Astral Chain, which is a platinum game, which might be either co-op or where you control two characters, um, and Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which I'm partial for because I love um, uh, Marvel, so that's me. But we'll get to all of those, but uh, Tetris 99, what? What is, what is happening? Battle Royale is like into Tetris now? That kind of... I, I'm sure you've heard about it, but uh, what it does is it's a game of Tetris where it pits you against 98 other people and the last one standing, it, it throws uh, crap and gar garbage to everyone else playing and uh, or, you know, random people or you can choose if you're going to counterattack the people who are attacking you or sending to random people or sending to people who are winning the game, etc., etc. And the last person surviving wins. And if you had told me two weeks ago that the Battle Royale formula, I, I thought it had a lot of promise, but that it could be, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, applied to Tetris, I would have laughed and pointed. Uh, turns out I would have been wrong and ridiculous. So there you go. <laughs> I I feel this is like, this is the first like true evolution of, of the genre. <laughs> like, because it's so different from, when you think of Battle Royale, you do not think Tetris does not even come close to popping in your mind, and yet they've succeeded. They have made Tetris a battle royale in basically every sense of the word. And you know, I was thinking about this, and I was like, if you can make Tetris a battle royale, you can make anything a battle royale, right? It's, it's, I was joking about it on Twitter a couple of days ago. 
um, I was saying, where is my Mario Kart Battle Royale? And I, it was Holinka, uh, Brian Holinka from the World of Warcraft team, incidentally, who answered and who was like, I know you're half joking, but if you do a, a game where you have 100 racers and every lap you kind of uh, uh, you know eliminate the last 10, you have a Battle Royale racing game. And it could absolutely work. There might be some tweaks needed. But I'm starting to feel like there's no genre that the Battle Royale formula can't be applied to. And that could be super exciting. I can't wait to see where the, the Battle Royale genre goes next. Same. I was having this 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 uh, interesting moment where I was really obsessed with Auto Chess, the, the Dota 2 custom map that all the Hearthstone players seem to be playing at the moment. Um, because I was really into it because it clicked that it was just a card drafting game. Uh, mm. And once I realized that, I fell in love. And then, uh, like a couple days into my obsession, someone on Twitter's like, "You realize, at, at, since it's play until you're the last one standing, it's essentially also a battle royale on top of being a card." <laughs> I went, "You know, you're 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 kind of right, but you know, it does playing until you're the last one standing is that really all it takes to be a battle royale?" And then Tetris Nine Nine was was announced, <laughs> and I realized, "Yes, that's all it takes." And every game I'm playing is essentially like it's it's just King of the Hill, like turned up to eleven. I guess so, yeah. it's. I mean, there are some elements. If you have, you know, a lot of players, I think is also a, uh, uh, you know, a factor in Battle Royale modes. It, because if you, any game that is competitive is going to be, you know, either one person or free for all or something like that is, could be a, a, a deathmatch could be a Battle Royale. Except you usually rack up points as you kill more people than the others, but you come back when you die. So that kind of doesn't... It's not, it doesn't have the survival aspect. Um, if you play a, a game you love, like Heroes of the Storm, um, you have two teams, and it's last one standing. So arguably, it could be a two-teams-ish two Battle Royale. Um, but again, you, you're going to die multiple times and come back. So I think the, the survival aspect is also uh, key uh, so the numbers and the survival aspect, um, and that's, and that's all you need, right? And I guess to pull to 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 pull this thread just a little bit more, I guess the game which would be probably the hardest because of technical limitations and latency, uh, fighting games would be really hard to do this. Yeah, and, and I don't know how you do a two D fighting game. Maybe three D, even three D would be crazy. But maybe if the map is wide enough, you can. Um, create something that could uh, approach a, a battle royale like if it's a sh if an fps except it's third person fighting game a la tekken or something like that where you have to have the right uh, uh um uh, angle a vision for it to work but maybe it could work you you roam the right, map and out. upgrade your character that could work all right, hear me out. I, I know this is a this is an unproven uh, format, but you have a a smaller screen of Street Fighter Two in the center of your screen that you're controlling, and you have 98 other tiny Street Fighter Two screens around the edge, and uh, you pick ah. who you want to throw Rukens to. And then, right? But then it's just a series of battle, and it's the one who beats the most people. I think there has to be a, an element of chaos. It can't be just a series of battles. The what the other people are doing have to affect you and i don't know how that would work no i don't i don't either and or or how you would 
parse that many players doing yeah. a fighting game and yeah. not make it have a terrible latency. But you know, it it's there's also another element uh, to this. I'm hearing a little bit of echo. Is that normal? I'm hearing echo from your side. Would you like to pause the recording and yes. force this? Yes. Okay. All right. Echo issue corrected. Um, there's another thing that's really interesting about this Tetris 99 thing, because we could, as you said, pull on that thread of Battle Royales forever. Um, but it's the uh, incentive to get the Nintendo Switch Online uh, service, which I hadn't gotten until now. And I figured, you know what? For that game, and maybe if they put out one game a quarter or one, a couple of games a year like that, I, I'll stay subscribed to um, Switch Online. That's no problem. Um, it's very a great way of motivating people to actually get the service. So do you have it? Do you have a Switch even? I have a Switch. I do not have the service. Th Are you going to get it for Tetris 99? This is the first time I've ever thought about it. Yes, uh, it's it's at least making me consider it. Uh, mm. Not even Smash Brothers made me consider it. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's exactly my uh, uh, the way I went to it. And, and so I did get it. I played Tetris 99. Tetris is obviously an incredibly good game. And that is fun. The, that mode works. It's super bare bones. It's like you can see the, the people at some developer going like, you, what if like it's two people talking at a during coffee break they're like what if we did like a, a tetris with the battle royale spin and what do you think do you think we could do it and they're like yeah let me fire up unity and see what happens if we do this this and that and they went to their manager they, they thought do you think that could work maybe let me talk to you know uh, uh someone up at the executive level and and they were like we'll develop it in three days it will work, and we'll put it out on the Switch Online thing, and it will be great. Let's do that. I, I want the story of how this got made because, Me too, yeah. yes, I have. There's so it, it seems so fun and like like video game jazz. Because in my head, I'm like, this. Had, I'm sure this just was a product of rapid prototyping. Like mm. I think they were just trying and seeing what stuck. And the game itself is super, super bare bones. Like there's the minimum necessary for it to work. Almost no options, no modes. No, it's like play you launch the thing there are a couple of options that are minimal and, and you launch the thing and you're playing and it and it works so this this really does feel to me uh to tie it into the blizzard talk that hasn't come yet this feel this is like the opposite of diablo immortal to me because it was tacked <laughs> on it was tacked on to the end of the direct it felt like a throwaway and it is the only thing anyone wants to talk about in a positive light uh, for the most part and i'm sure you can go on youtube and find someone who's mad about this but for the most part, this is getting glowing press. Uh, whereas Diablo Immortal was at the end of this year's or last year's BlizzCon, and no one was happy. And and I don't think Tetris ninety nine was supposed to be the big thing. It was like a, a cool thing, but I don't think it was supposed to be the big thing communications wise. I mean, there are a ton of other things in the direct. Um, but it it you're right. It's everyone is talking about it. It's weird. I think the daring, the audacity of putting a battle royale mode into Tetris, and then it the game being good, is what is making it so lovely and making it the topic of conversation. But it's yeah, it's, certainly it's, it's, taken it's the world by storm. Yeah, for for being such a smaller scale game compared to something like Apex Legends, it's it's the same essential tactic. Here it yeah. is. It's out. Go play it. By the way. It works. <laughs> yes, which we are probably going to be t talking a little bit about Anthem a little bit later. And 
which works, does not work. Well, yes and no. It, it works Sometimes. better than with launched. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So again, we could talk about Tetris ninety nine, and and you know, it wasn't there wasn't a lot of marketing hoopla before because obviously it's a sm much much smaller game, and it has no microtransaction in it. It's there's nothing. It's just encouraging you to get the switch online service so um it's much simpler and of course it's it makes sense that they wouldn't make a big thing out of it but um all right so everything else from the nintendo direct was also pretty good um super mario maker 2 continues the tradition now of having games from the wii u which no one played because no one had wii u's be upgraded and ported to the um, Switch. Of course, Super Mario Maker 2 has more ch differences with Super Mario Maker 1 than something like uh, Mario Kart Deluxe or anything like that. But it's kind of like Splatoon 2. It, yes, it's a, it's an up, it, you know, it's a sequel, but really it takes it does the bare minimum to be called a sequel. It takes the basics of the game, or at least that's what it seems like. We've only seen a trailer. Um, but yeah, it's cool. I, I might get it on Switch because I didn't get it on, on Wii U. But we'll see. I would play the crazy... I'm not even sure I want to get it because it seems what anyone is doing is incredibly difficult levels and that's all there is to it and i'm not going to be creating levels but um or, or those crazy like autopilot levels where you just move slightly and then it, it runs it for you which yeah. is at least entertaining to watch but you know yeah i'm, I'm done after about four of those i think it might be a, a, a more of a twitch game for me meaning i'll watch it on twitch than want to play it myself <laughs> for me it's the uh anytime i visit home my my brother's very into it and i just go hey what's cool on super mario maker and he <laughs> just pulls up the really cool stuff and shows me and uh and then i'm good for a while that's that's a great way of uh enjoying it as well um legend of zelda link's awakening which is a remake of the uh game boy version from 25 years ago um i think it's the only well, not the only. It's one of the few 2D Zelda games I haven't played. So I think that one I'm going to be getting because I'm always up for a fun classic Zelda. And uh, I would love to play that game. It's It's got a distinctive look. It, it, it remakes all of the uh, uh, elements of the original game. I think it's the Zelda... No, when you think about remakes, you're always thinking, you know, oh, Karen of Time and Majora's Mask and all of... Or even, you know, one and three are the ones that, that you think of. Two, not so much. People forget about that one. But um, this one, I think, was kind of forgotten. At least I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it since I think it came out. So I'm happy. Yeah, it's it almost was, like uh, having a new Zelda for me. Yeah, it was a staple of my childhood that I didn't play. Uh, oh, really? Like, all my friends had it. All my friends played it. I didn't get a Game Boy until the late 90s for Pokemon. And... Uh, never went back and played Link's Awakening. Mm. Well, you're going to get your chance in a few, I don't know, I think it's this year. Um, yeah, I believe they, they announced it was coming this year. Uh, yeah. my, my wife uh, does not get very excited about video games, and uh, she like audibly cheered when she came home uh, on the day after the Nintendo Direct, and I was like, Oh, hey, uh, some Game Boy uh, Zelda is getting re-released on, on the Switch, and it's beautiful. And she's <laughs> like, Link's Awakening? Oh, my God, I played the crap out of that game when I was a kid. That's cool. 
Um, yeah, so we will all be able to play the crap out of that game during uh, hopefully this year. I was going to say the summer, but Super Mario Maker 2 is coming out in June. So that's going to be the game of the summer for Nintendo fans. Uh, are you a Platinum Games fan? I am indifferent. Huh. Okay, you're part of that crowd. I'm I'm not a fan either. Um I I'm not even going to go into my feelings about some of the games because I don't want to incite hate across uh, uh, amongst my uh, audience, but um Astral Chain looks pretty cool. It's a platinum game with giant mechs and uh demons, I believe, or at least a lot of technology. And the weird thing about it is that there are two characters that seem to be playable characters that play together. So is it co-op or do you somehow control both? We don't know, but it seems interesting, an interesting take on that Platinum Games formula. Personally, I'll keep an eye on it. I'm not sure I'll jump on it. Um, But God, Platinum Games, they're doing so much. It's like it's a 200 people company and they're developing like 15 games at the same time. I'm exaggerating yeah. but barely i mean i mean they, they, they certainly have their fans i think it's okay if you and i are just kind of like yeah it's cool mm. i don't really play their games uh to be honest every time i try bayonetta it just makes me want to go play devil may cry <laughs> Ooh, have you gotten devil may cry 5 i have not but i need to because apparently it's god tier <laughs> yeah it seems pretty good uh and no news from bayonetta 3 by the way they just said it's still we're still working on it but no news um, what else? Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. I think that's more of a me-loving Mar- Marvel. It's an action R- RPG, so it could be cool, but arc- action RPG with Marvel characters. Who doesn't want to play, you know, Wolverine and, you know, Mr. Fantastic in a in a action, action RPG? Well, I was with you until you mentioned Mr. Fantastic. Well, okay, maybe that... You know, I have a fondness for the Fantastic Four. I think it is a a, a fantastic (laughs) um, suit of characters. And, of course, Marvel has kind of left them aside because of the rights issues with Fox, but they're coming back now. I haven't gone and, and read the new series, but I think there are characters with a lot of depth that are really interesting maybe Mr. Fantastic himself is not, you know, Reed Richards uh, is not the best character for uh, uh, to look forward to in an action game. Maybe the Maker, though. That could be... I like the Maker. Do you know hey, who you, the Maker you, is? You love what you love, man. Just uh, <laughs> let me tease you every now and then. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, that is coming this summer. And then there's a number of uh, additional things. Uh, Yoshi's Crafted World, there's a demo. I tried it. It's, you know, a Yoshi game. It's fine. Um, There's Fire Emblem, a lot of details about Fire Emblem Three Houses, uh, which is releasing in July. That has a lot of fans as well. Dragon Quest XI S, the definitive edition, uh, is coming this fall to the Switch. Dragon Quest XI had a couple of criticism. The the Japanese version didn't have um, uh, voiceover, so that was a, a disappointment for some Japanese player. This one is going to have it. And for everyone, including the um, Western release, which did have English uh, uh, voiceover, uh, voice acting, th- that ish- the, the other issue was the music was, you know, MIDI music. It wasn't orchestral. And... It is going to have orchestral music in the Switch version. They haven't said if it's going to come on the other versions, but I'm guessing it might at some point in the 
<laughs> future, but you're going to be able to play the uh, Japanese, the, the Switch version with Japanese voiceover and uh, orchestral music if you so wish. So that's, once again, the Switch version is the ultimate version of uh, any game that comes out of it on it. So, <laughs> uh, Hellblade! Uh, Senwa's Sacrifice is coming to the Switch, which is weird. Uh, it's coming this week, this <clears throat> this spring. It's weird because that game was visually stunning. Like one of its defining characteristics was that it was a, an indie team that made a, a visually incredibly uh, uh, strong game. And uh, it's coming to Switch. How is it going to look like? It looks fine on the trailers, but I, surely it has to have a graphical downgrade. I, I'm sure it does, but it doesn't look bad. I, I, this is another game that has eluded me. Um, and I, I think the Switch is just becoming the, the, the console that has such a low barrier to entry because of the fact that I can play it in bed if I want to. Yeah. Uh, that I, I just, it's my catch-up box. This is just what I catch up playing games on. Yeah, exactly. That's what everyone does. Um, so yeah, Hellblade is coming as well. Um, and finally, there's a new uh, uh, Square RPG called Oninaki uh, coming this summer. It looks uh, pretty cool. I think, is it the Tokyo RPG Factory uh, team doing it? I think it might be, unless I'm mistaking my uh, publishers and teams. It, it uh, is. Yes, there you go. It is. Okay. Uh, so the ones that made uh, I Am Setsuna, which wasn't super well received. But uh, yeah, it's it's coming to Switch as well. Uh, I mean, that one, Oninaki, which it seems like what it is, a, a Japanese RPG uh, that hopefully will make fans of that genre happy. In um, my second life, uh, I will choose to skip World of Warcraft and be a JRPG fan instead. Really? Because you've already enjoyed the, the, the joy of MMOs and you want to experience uh, JRPGs, which you don't know anything about? Uh, or... Yeah, pretty well. It's I, I know I, I know a little because I, I dabbled in high school and, and realized that <laughs> you were experimenting uh, was, in college. I was experimenting. So yes, yes. <laughs> so, you know, I tried. I, uh, I <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to make a I, I, I smoked but didn't inhale joke and I'm not finding it. So let's just move on. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, there, there are a few other things in the Nintendo Direct, but overall, it's incredible, like just a, a Nintendo Direct dropped in the middle of, of nothing and they're like a lot of there's not one title which stops everyone's heart but a lot of things that make you go oh yeah that's really cool I want to play that and it's, uh, it's just solid and, yeah. and I'm going to push back your drops in the middle of nothing it dropped in the middle of the busiest video game <laughs> month in recent memory well I think every video game month is super busy nowadays it's uh, uh, that that thing we keep talking about when there's always something massive to play, um, but yeah, February is particularly busy. It's it's just that they don't need like it's not uh, uh, E3 or Gamescom or closer to the 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 busy period of the end of the year. It's just they decided you know what we we want to talk to people now. Let's just put out a video and let's like February has become a, a time or the beginning of the year has become a time when uh, that has gone from there's not a lot to play to there's a ton to play because there's always a ton to play nowadays. But it hadn't become a time when uh, you would announce a lot of things. And I think 
that's why I'm feeling like, oh, it's the it's not a traditional time to announce stuff. That might be why, but I don't need to do it on a uh, uh, when when the the man tells them to do it. They're Nintendo, and we live in the world of internets, so we can do it whenever we want. Um, all right, let's let's do it. Garrett, let's talk about Activision Blizzard. One more um, time. It's it's like the encore for the for the band, you know. <laughs> one more song. Play Blizzard Activision play, layoffs. Play it. So, we last week we talked about it on the instance with uh, Scott Johnson. If you've listened to that, you've heard the extended version of our discussions. It lasted for pretty much the entire show. It was an hour and a half. We have a lot to say, of course. I worked I used to work for Blizzard Entertainment. I worked there in Europe in PR for 5 years. Uh we have been covering all of us Blizzard games for a very long time. Uh we love the company. We have close relationships with the, the, the company because we play the, its games so much and some employees because we are part of the community uh, and in my case because I worked there. So this is not something that is, uh, we haven't, we're not divorcing ourselves from the story. We're very emotionally involved in it. Um, but if we try to talk about it with a little bit of um, uh, an analytical uh, spin, I also wrote a very long article about this on Medium, uh, which got a little bit of traction. And essentially, I divided the quote-unquote issues uh, at play in two different categories. There's, I think, on one hand, the, the morality of a company making record profits, $2 billion in the case of uh, Activision Blizzard for the year. Uh, that's profits, not revenue, like actual money that's left after, you know, profits, um, laying off 8% of their staff. And some people are, you know, not happy about this. Uh, and, and they have more, essentially what I call moral issues with that behavior. So I think that's one issue. And the other issue is what does it mean for the quality of the games that Blizzard is going to be putting out going forward? And that's to, you know, another issue. And I think sometimes people are conflating the two, um, but I think they should be addressed separately. So what do you think? Is it okay if we talk about both uh, one after the other? Oh, yes, 100%. I really like this divide uh, in the conversation around these layoffs because I, I think it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good way to compartmentalize it for discussion. All right. So th the first one, uh, my take on, on the company actually laying off people when it's uh, making money, I'm going to summarize it. Uh, if you want the full thing, go to my uh, Medium post. I'll link it in the show notes, I guess. But uh, essentially what I say is, if you have a problem with that uh, idea, I think it follows that you should be for uh, more protection uh, protections of the employees. Uh, and the way to get that, there are a few different ways, uh, but it could be unionization, which is a conversation that has uh, gained traction over the past few years. Uh, but also because of these layoffs, um, you could, you know, be for um, uh, safety nets, social safety nets like healthcare or uh, unemployment benefits, um, or you could be for stronger labor laws that could uh, make that kind of behavior more regulated. Uh, but I think it's not enough to just be angry and say, oh, that sucks, Blizzard sucks, and they, they shouldn't be able to do that, and they shouldn't be allowed, blah, blah, blah. And, and then when you hear about unionization or uh, social safety nets, go, Oh, 
but wait, that's socialism. I don't, I, I'm not for that, which is, I think, an attitude that is more uh, prevalent in the U.S. because I think that people in the U.S. have a very twisted idea of what socialism means, which actually it doesn't I, I, really I, mean a lot. It I means mean, it's anything from Cuba to communist Russia to uh, Nordic, Nordic countries in Europe, which are absolutely doing fine. So, um, As someone who lives here, I would say some. <laughs> yes, yes, some right. Americans uh, are are not as on board with with mm. those ideals. Uh, yeah, or uh, you may find yourself in the case of me, who uh, you know looks at Hollywood and you know the fact that they do have unions, and yet a lot of work still gets shopped out overseas or to contractors that they don't have to give benefits to. Also, yes, but I mean the situation isn't going to be perfect, and I'm not saying you should go like full France that has all three of those things. You know, unions, labor laws, and safety nets. Maybe you don't need all of those. I don't know. I think we're pretty well off in France, and we still manage to make pretty cool video games, as does the rest of Europe and Canada and a lot of countries that have some of those. You know, it's not like the 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 work is impossible to get done. Uh, and you know, you're mentioning uh, uh, Hollywood; they are shopping off a lot of things, but but they're also doing some things uh, locally um, and they are heavily unionized. So I think it's it's possible to strike a, a right balance. But more importantly, if you're really angry about this, about this behavior, um, which, by the way, it's working the way it's intended to. The executives are supposed to be making lots of money and think about the shareholders and maximize the profits, which is what they're doing here. Um, the problem is for me is that the employees that are impacted by these decisions don't even have a, a voice in the conversations. And that's what unionization does. It's collective bargaining power. So you at least are included in the conversations and can influence a little bit. In the case of Blizzard, uh, they're getting pretty good uh, uh, severance packages and help to find jobs and profit sharing from the previous year and a bunch of things, which it's not like unions would have completely transformed what's happening here. I don't think so. But in general, unions or these other things allow you to have a minimum of um, being laid off is never fun. But at least in countries where you have a little bit of, a little bit of protection, you're not left not knowing if you're going to be able to pay your rent the next month or your kids are going to be able to go to school or if you get sick, you're going to be treated properly, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, it, the reason why layoffs, uh, especially in the U.S., suck so much they they always suck, but even more there is that you can your life can be wrecked in those uh, in those things. So anyway, yes, that's yes, my take can. on it. What do you think? Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm 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 with you for for the for the most part. Um, i uh, it's it, it's just it's it's a bad situation. And as you mentioned, uh, you and I are 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 we're we're so close to it that. Uh, the the emotional impact on 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 me can't be discounted. I mean, I have I have people I consider friends who were fired, and uh, and it took me a while to find out uh, when people I had a one on one relationship with at uh, Blizzard were, were fired. When when the reports first came in that hundreds of people were losing their jobs, I was looking at it like, oh my god, that's terrible. But the second I saw someone who I dealt with on an almost daily basis through podcasting. Uh, get fired it suddenly felt like a personal attack mm. and uh it became a lot harder for me to to deal with and think about objectively um but i also think it's okay because this, even when i tried really really hard to think about it objectively i realized that this is just a, a an issue with corporate culture in my country 
I think it's impossible to divorce the conversation. If you want to have a, 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 a strong conversation about this event, I think that's where it leads. Um, so it's natural, but um. yeah, yeah. But I, I would, I would also say like, I don't know, like, because there's so much conversation around, oh, this is the CEO's job to make all this money and to get these bonuses and yada, yada, yada. But I, like, if, 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 if you're going to bring up the, the cold talking point of, well, Blizzard overhired and this was inevitable, well, then that should be also, I think, be seen as a, as a failure on the part of the leadership at, at the company. So why are they still getting pay raises and bonuses? That's, I mean, the pay raises and things is a, another conversation. I mean, that could be had, of course. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Um, but the overhired thing, I'm not sure is, is as valid because it, it kind of leads into they didn't release any games in three years, right? There was no actual new franchise or new title. There were, you know, characters and expansions and stuff like that, but no actual new thing in three years and we get into the conversation of it's not like you know the 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 people at blizzard were like you know what let's not release games for three years let's just not release anything of course they were they were working on games um and they were working on games they thought would be awesome and they came to the point where they had to decide whether they would release it or continue working on it or completely rework it or them maybe there was more than one um, you know, the game that we want to release in 2017 or 2018, let's decide. And they look at it and they're like, you know what? It's not bad, but I, we don't think it's as good as we want it to be or as we want our games to be. And at that point, that's where you have to make the, the tough decision of either releasing it, which would be the unblizzard thing to do and what people associate with Activision as a corporate behavior, like just put it out. We've invested a lot. Um, let's make a quick buck out of it and the next one will probably be better. Or you don't release it and you keep working at it or maybe you even uh, uh, reboot it as we've heard Diablo 4 has been rebooted. And that's the Blizzard thing to do, you know, when it's done and you don't release half-baked games um, and, and you inevitably get into this situation if you do that a couple of times in a row. Um, so I don't know that it's quite mismanagement. I think it's Blizzard being Blizzard, which is ironic because people are accusing Blizzard of not being Blizzard anymore. I think it's the opposite. I think Blizzard is being Blizzard by not releasing the games. And if I push that thought experiment to the to the its logical conclusion, I have to wonder if, if Blizzard being Blizzard is a problem in today's environment. Um, I, I can expand on that, but. Yeah, I, I I don't know that it's mismanaged. Um except you have except if you have a, a magical way of making sure that all the games you produce are, you know, super top good and work out super well and you can release them. But if you have that, you know, superpower of making sure your projects are completed on time and to your expectations all the time, then I think you have a secret formula many people would be interested in. So. I, I, I mean, to defend my 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 point, it's it's mm. that if you're if you're go if you Bobby Kotick are going to come to your earnings call and spin this yarn that you have to get rid of all these positions because they are not directly involved in creating the games, so that you can then hire more developers. 
how are you selling that as anything other than you being incompetent at your job? I'm telling you because you were planning on having games released in 2017 and 2018, which would have sustained your profits for the company and for the shareholders, but you had to make that decision of not releasing them. So you have to... Did I, am I missing a... Uh, so am I missing something where that like Kotick said that because I'm reading it as you're giving an example, not an actual point that was brought up in the call? No, no, absolutely. You're right. You're right. It, he didn't bring it up like this, but you I'm assuming maybe wrongly, but I'm assuming that Blizzard did intend to release stuff in, you know, tw did not intend to not have anything out for three years. Do you think, or, or actually four years, because they have said they're not releasing anything in 2019 either. So no big new title until 2020. I can't imagine Blizzard looked at its slate in 2015 and they were like, you know what, let's not release anything for four years. Do you think that that's what happened? Yes, because it's Blizzard and that's what they do. No. Four years without a Blizzard game is actually a short <laughs> amount of time. <laughs> well, I think you're exaggerating. It happened before in, in between 20, uh, 2006 and 2010. That was, uh, no, sorry, 2004 and 2010. That's when WoW released and there was a number of other uh, issues. But during that time, the issue was the games weren't ready. Um, and I think that's what, I mean, we're speculating, but I strongly believe they had intended to release games during that time. If they hadn't, I would agree with you. It was gross mismanagement, and that was terrible. But we know that at least Diablo 4 has been uh, rebooted, right? It, it was supposed to uh, be ready earlier than it's got to be. So there's at least that. Well, well yes. And and it's also, if, if the Jason Schreier uh, pieces talking about insider... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sources, uh, anonymous sources from Inside Blizzard stating that a, a, a second expansion for Diablo 3 was canned uh, before development on Reaper was even finished. Um, that, that's another thing I look at and I go, that, that, if that is true, that is the worst decision I've heard. That's like the biggest mistake I've, uh, uh, I've heard from all of the stories that have come out about Blizzard in the last few months. Well, I agree, but it was a decision that was made uh, back in 2003 14, 13. Um, and we know that, I mean, we know it was a bad decision because Reaper Souls was so good. I think when you were uh, looking at the state of things before Reaper Souls released, it was reasonable to, to think, we'll put out that expansion, but then let's start fresh. And you're, again, you're thinking about 2013 um, and 14. During that time, they released uh, Hearthstone. Heroes of the Storm didn't work out as well as we would have hoped, but there was a new game. And Overwatch, which worked out pretty well. So I don't think that impacted what's happening now. Um, it, you know, they might have released uh, Reaper of Souls. And then in 2016, another expansion to um, uh, 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 Diablo, Diablo 3. Maybe that would have included some of the content that is available that has been put out uh, uh, in other ways. Uh, but it wouldn't have changed massively. They still wouldn't have had games in 2017, 2018, 2019. So... I'm this is also sure. though the same. This is also the same company though that canceled an MMO that God knows how many millions of dollars that was sunk into it. Uh, so it should, to a certain degree, it, it's like, what do you expect from? Blizzard? Well, that's my point. That's my point. My point is, maybe in a in a world where we have, we keep saying, you know, the last three years you have an incredibly must play game uh, uh, every month. Maybe we're not happy just 
having more expansions to Hearthstone and, and characters in Overwatch. Maybe we want actual new games. And Blizzard hasn't been built like that. And and what they're doing now this year is a heavy restructuring to maybe, hopefully, uh, enable a, a more consistent rhythm of release with a, a high-quality standard. I'm wondering if the quality standard will suffer. Uh, and please don't talk to me about Battle for Azeroth. There, yes, it's not a great expansion, but there have been bad expansions before. It wasn't a lack of, <laughs> of time they spent on it. It was other issues, design decisions that didn't work out. It's a different story. It certainly is. Um, uh, I, you will see no argument for me as I think it is uh, one of the better, not as good expansions. I would agree <laughs> in, with that as well. In the pantheon of off expansions in World of Warcraft, yes. I think BFA is a significantly better one. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, maybe they're retooling the company to make sure that they can release uh, more stuff and hopefully to the level, to the standard. But I feel like the people who are angry at Blizzard for, again, we're not talking about the morality of layoffs here, but about the quality of the games. If I think the people who are angry about that are angry about the fact that they're not getting games, which ironically is what Blizzard does, not release the games that aren't ready. And, you know, their their motto is when it's done. And that's what they've been doing. And people are angry about that. So I think people are actually angry because the, Blizzard isn't putting out games. And if they manage to reorganize the company with more developers and uh, that continued focus on not releasing the games that aren't ready, which again is what they have been doing for the past three years, uh, it should lead to a, a number of good games in the future so i personally i'm not worried about the quality of the games that are going to be coming i will fully acknowledged acknowledge that they're bad if they end up being bad when we actually see them but up until now i haven't seen anything that would lead me to believe that the games will be bad maybe there's a few hints that make me think there's a possibility but it's still, I'll, I'll still, uh, I, I still think it's reasonable to wait until we see them in the context of Blizzard and the way they have been treating unfinished, quote unquote, not ready games in the past few years to think I'll wait and see before I judge them to be bad. And I think they'll be good, to be honest, most of them. Yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's fair. I'm certainly con con at least a little concerned at the idea of a Blizzard that puts out games at a more regular pace because it's just, not the blizzard i know mm -hmm. i'm not used to that from this company from the studio uh but yeah i don't i don't, I don't know to, yeah. to, to me I, mean, I guess we'll have to we'll have to wait and see but mm. i don't know how long until the next round of layoffs i guess is my concern i certainly hope that's it <laughs> i mean 800 people eight percent of the workforce that's a lot of people um so I, I had i do have one concern uh which i expressed in in the article it's uh Blizzard was doing everything, and now they're laying off a number of community, marketing, PR people, the support functions, and theoretically, arguably, some of those, um, uh, maybe they still have enough people to handle the relatively quiet time for the company now, uh, but arguably it could be imagined that uh, um, Activision is going to be taking on some of those tasks. And that I'm not a fan of because uh, one of the things that defines Blizzard is that the devs have all the power. Uh, and maybe they could keep all the power even with working uh, while working with Activision, but it could also shift that, that, that uh, dynamic. And that concerns me a little bit because 
Up until now, the devs would decide everything. Of course, they're aware of the financial imperatives and the, um, you know, uh, uh, release schedule issues and all of that, but they make the decisions. So I hope it will say like that. There's a little bit of a opening for it changing. So that would be my biggest caveat, but we'll see. All right. That's it for Activision Blizzard. Anything to add? Uh, you can also find my thoughts on the Angry Chicken, Value Town, which I guessed it on, and the Instance. <laughs> uh, you didn't talk about it in uh, Into the Nexus? Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. That too. <laughs> and Jeff Kanata joined us. I thought it was a rather lovely talk. You should go check that out. And I will also, well, I talked about it in this article in uh, uh, the instance, and I'll talk about it again in uh, Icy Veins, which I'm recording tomorrow. So, yeah, we talked about it. If you have thoughts as well, feel free to uh, let me know on uh, frenchspin.com in the comments of uh, the uh, article for this episode or on Twitter or anywhere. I'm very happy to hear what you think. Uh, obviously, keep it uh, cordial and constructive. I am tired and don't want to hear anyone else's thoughts on it. I'm done. <laughs> Actually, you know what? <laughs> I'll take your rat as well. I, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I like talking to you about it. I'm, I don't need to talk to anyone on Twitter about it. Fair enough. All right, let's talk about Apex Legends. Um, so we talked about it uh, uh, last episode, but it had literally come out a few hours before. And it looked fun. It was making a lot of noise, but boy... Did it explode? Uh, we do the show every two weeks, so we we kind of we could have talked about this a, a week earlier, but uh, essentially it it got one million players in eight hours, two point five million players in a day, ten million players over the weekend, and twenty five million players in a week. To give you a little bit of context, Fortnite Battle Royale, which was previously the game that had the most that had the most meteoric rise. Uh, in, in, in the history of video games, had, um, had attained 25 million players in about two months, roughly. So they did it in a week. There are a lot of reasons why, um, but it is kind of insane how popular that game is. Uh, again, just like in the Activision Blizzard conversation, I think there are two uh, elements to that success. The quality of the game, on one hand, and the genius marketing uh, uh, campaign that was so compacted that it almost seemed like it wasn't one uh, that they put together for the game. Which one would you like to tackle first? Uh, oh, boy. Um, maybe just the game as a whole at first, because I am of the uh, bombastic opinion this is the greatest battle royale of all time. Well, uh, that's a bold claim. Do you think so? First of all, why do you like it so much? And do you think it will last? I like it so much because it takes uh, my favorite parts of Battle Royales and Overwatch and, and just seamlessly combines them. This is like the best remix ever. Mm. They, they, I mean, they really had a super... You can sense the talent of the designers because... They took everything that worked, as you said, from other games, eliminated what didn't work, what was unnecessary, and, and implemented it with additional things from themselves in the best possible way. Like, it feels, I'm sure some people will nitpick, but it feels almost everything is perfect in that game. 
Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, there's certainly I'm 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 waiting for on <laughs> I'm waiting with bated breath for the first kind of balance uh, balance change because there's definitely some balancing that needs to be done. But overall, it it is an incredibly well polished package. Um, I think there's also the element of uh, the fact that as you, well, I mean, it's polished. Unlike other, it feels like <laughs> any other game nowadays. Um, releases unpolished and it paints a stark comparison with uh anthem which had so many issues network issues and not just network issues that game is rough from a design standpoint as well um yes yeah i've been uh, playing it the last couple of nights and i'm still having network issues and the stitched together nature of it is is so apparent in the full game oh my god you're talking about the load. I I don't. I'm. I pre-ordered it on PlayStation. Which, by the way, I'm starting to think maybe I I'm still okay with it because I have to play it. I quote unquote have to play it for work, or at least had to play the demo to talk about it. But honestly, I'm not sure I really want to play it anymore. Um, I, I was really hyped on it, um, even during the really really rough uh, mm. first open demo, or not. It was a closed demo. That they had because I was like, well, it's a, it's 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 essentially a beta. They're not calling it a beta; it's a beta. Um, but uh, the game, you know, when when it did work, the gameplay was really fun. But it feels uh, it feels real stitched together. I'm 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 finding the the moments where I'm enjoying it are few and far between. The moments where I'm just really bored. <laughs> That's terrible. I mean, it. Yeah, I'm happy for Destiny, but uh, um, it's. <laughs> I'm, 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 I know a lot of Destiny players who are stoked on Anthem and having a yeah. good time. So, so it's you know this is just my opinion. But back to Apex, right? Um, yeah, it's just uh, to, to me, it's just it's just solid. And you're right. I, I mean, it has so there's so many facets of what's working in its favor, as you said. You know, so many games right now. It feels like when they come out, they have issues. This game does not. Uh, I also thought we were done with battle royales. I figured anyone else who entered this arena was a fool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and was going was destined to fail and apex legends proved us wrong there was clear there's clearly room for at least one more and it's and it's apex legends i can't remember if i said this um before on the the previous episode but essentially i think what really made it work uh beyond its quality is the fact that there was a lot of pent-up demand for a battle royale game that would speak to people who haven't enjoyed it until now, who haven't enjoyed the genre, the genre until now, and have been kind of on the outside looking at all the people having fun in PUBG and in Fortnite, and we're thinking, eh, that's not, you know, I've tried, I tried both a few times, but it's not really my thing. But Apex Legends feels like a game that is, I can't quite put my finger on it. It feels like a game for gamers, like. PUBG feels like a game for obsessive military people somehow, you know? I'm not knocking on, <laughs> on them, but it it has this quality of, like, it's so slow and you wait so much, and then after 15 minutes you get shot in the head from across the map, and, like, it's super realistic and you like it because that's how it would be, kind of, or, like, there's some strategy. But I, as a I gamer mean, I like who wants it because a game... The, I like PUBG because of the, the schism between that and just getting run over by a Volkswagen bus out of nowhere. <laughs> I guess that can be fun too, but I think there are a lot of people who want to start a game and have fun. Like they want to play Overwatch, they want to play God of War, they want to play an easy fun game. And Apex provides that without the super silly off-putting for many people mechanics of Fortnite Battle Royale, which are the 
building mechanics. Um, yes, yes, that certainly was was the case for me. I, I, I I'm not a fan of Fortnite um, for for multiple reasons, but that the building is a huge one. Yeah. So uh, I just want to shoot, and that's what I get to do in Apex Legends. I get to shoot, and I get to use sweet ass hero abilities. That's the other thing. Like it makes you, it's it adds a layer of fun that is functional to the game, but also makes you feel uh, uh, like you're enjoying uh, your moment-to-moment activity in the game you find the hero you like and if like me it's you know lifeline because you want to heal and you don't want to have to shoot at people (laughs) because you're really bad at it then you can do that and you feel like you're doing something um the the squad aspect again i think we mentioned it is genius the ping system is beyond clever especially for that kind of game i really liked um something jeff kaplan talked about when uh referencing the ping system he was saying you know it really works for games where you have long sight lines and stuff like that but in a game like overwatch it wouldn't necessarily be uh, uh, useful because you know where you have to go. Uh, maybe there would be a way to do it for an enemy that's flanking or something like that. A few uses, but overall, it's less needed in some other games. I'm sure uh, there are other examples of other games that would also, you would feel, oh, that should be implemented in that game too. Um, but actually, when you think about it, it wouldn't be as useful as you would hope. But um, yeah, yeah, that, that ping system is genius. Yeah, it, it's so robust and, and well implemented. Um, now, if, if if randos could just stop leaving my freaking games and we could enjoy <laughs> the ping system and actually use it to win, that'd be wonderful. I wonder if they'll uh, add an option to fill uh, something when someone leaves. That would be... Uh, I hope they add an option where someone shows up to your house and punches you in the face when you leave. <laughs> that would be another way of addressing that issue. <laughs> um <laughs> The, the other aspect of it is uh, the marketing com- campaign because um, we talked about the leaks that were probably, if not intended, the weekend before, uh, at the very least expected. And one thing I didn't quite realize was that the initial stream of popular streamers on Twitch was paid for. Uh, I don't know why I didn't realize it. It's like, obviously, everyone pays for everything nowadays. Um, I believe most of them had like ad or sponsored on their titles too. Yeah, that so that would that would make sense. Uh, but it it kind of created that um, initial uh, snowball that snowballed into everyone was watching it, and so everyone else was, and they enjoyed it, so they kept playing, of course. Um, and, and that started the whole thing, and announcing it and releasing it at the same time, um, the super clever aspect. I, I mean. It was clever and it worked out, but when you think about it, they even people at Respawn even said that. They said the reason why we did it was look at what you're talking about. You're talking about a free-to-play game published by EA with microtransactions and loot boxes. If you give people time to hate it, they're going to hate it. <laughs> so <laughs> it was kind of a... It wasn't necessarily so much a genius marketing move to do it because then people can try it and and love it. Well, I I mean, it was one effect of it, but I think the reason was they didn't want to let people, they didn't want to give people time to hate it. And that was a necessity, a decision made by necessity more than, um, or at least in part by necessity uh, as much as it was by cleverness. Oh. Yeah, I brought this up on, uh, I, I have an Apex show now, uh, called End for the Apex. <laughs> I brought it up on our second episode yesterday that this is just releasing it and getting it out there. It essentially, it stifled the entire lead up of, of dissenting opinions for clicks on YouTube. Like that mm. just, 
didn't get to exist. And that's exactly what they were going for. Um, for that kind of game, free-to-play, immediately available, widely available, I think that is possibly going to be a, a, a way to do things going forward. Um, yeah, I, th- I mean, it's also worth mentioning that the game is good and the loot boxes are not like they were going to be at the beginning of Battlefront 2 where it would actually improve your your ability to play the game. Like, it's it's all cosmetic. It's not going to affect your gameplay. Yeah. I mean, there are there are still people complaining about the cosmetic, the prices of the skins and and stuff like that in Apex and in Anthem. They're super expensive in Anthem in particular, but I mean, I anyway, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's a fair a fair criticism, but it, it is a tiny blip on the on the quality because it doesn't affect right. your gameplay. It's like, yeah, I don't I don't want to spend eleven hundred in game currency on the stupid Valentine's gun skin, but <laughs> whatever, I don't need the Valentine's gun skin. Yeah, exactly. That's that's where I stand as well. It's it's not, it's a it's a blip. It's a blip. I didn't want to mention it, but um, uh, so yeah, I, I think you 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 bring up the quality of the game. Uh, I would even say if you have a, a a developer that people love, like Respawn, uh, in spite of the the lack of commercial success for their Titanfall series, um, they love the developer. So in those contexts, when you when you have people who are going to be interested, of course, if someone no one's ever heard of uh, releases, announces and releases a game immediately, I don't think that's the way to go. But when you have that kind of uh, mind share already, that might be with a little bit of a lead up with leaks, uh, that might be a way of doing things in the future for some uh, developers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What do you, what, how do you feel about paying streamers to essentially uh, hijack Twitch and its popularity for a week. It's, I mean, it, to be clear, they were paid, I believe, for a few hours, maybe two, three, four, five hours. Uh, it wasn't for the whole week, so they kept playing because they liked the game. Um, I think as long as, it, as it's uh, uh, disclosed very clearly um i think it's fine it's the you know that's how the game works nowadays and that's how these people uh make a a a certain significant amount of their income and it's fair um as long as again they they say when the the stream is being paid for i don't really have a problem with it do you no no not at all uh at first like when i first heard about it i'm like oh that's a little it feels a little disingenuous, but you're right. It was so widely reported on mm. that it, it doesn't really bother me. And, and and also, I like that. I think there's another you know plus in their corner in that you know they paid them to play it after a release. Like it's out. You know the the streamers had to play it on the live servers with everyone else. This game yeah. had to work, or that marketing wouldn't have been successful. <laughs> That's that. Yeah, they were very confident in their. Uh their ability to get the game with you know they had uh uh uh, seven million hours of twitch uh viewing in a in a day it's only the third game to get that high it's yeah it was very popular yeah Um, imagine ea had tried that with the uh, anthem vip demo you know we're gonna pay 20 (laughs) streamers uh to stream this demo and it doesn't work oh i'm i'm sure they I'm guessing they did. I'm not going to say I'm sure, but I would guess they did. I mean, they had the 
EA Game Changers uh, thing where they invited people to do it, which in effect kind of sponsors them to talk about the game. And all of them had to, uh, at least on YouTube, maybe not on Twitch, I'm guessing they did, but on YouTube you had the, you know, Game Changers, part of the program, blah, 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 which thank God we now have this disclosure uh, for those things, which wasn't the case a few years ago and made me very angry. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, anyway, the... The, everything about Apex Legends worked out. There's talks about it coming to China. They're talking with, who else? Tencent, if it's not NetEase, it's Tencent, um, to, to bring it to China officially. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if it came to mobile in some way. You know, Fortnite and, and PUBG, as I often am fond of saying, they're mobile games. They have like three, four times as many players on mobile as they do on um, on PC and console. And even if it's a different experience, a different game, separate thing, I think Apex, Apex Legends is going to be coming to mobile in some form. It would be a very smart decision. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about a few other things. Uh, we kind of touched on Anthem. Um, it's So it's weird because it's available to the people who have the uh, subscription service from EA uh, now, and it's been available for a few days, and it's releasing in a few days for the people who actually bought it, which is my case. Um, I'm, I'm telling people, don't buy it now. Um, it, everything I've heard is... Loading screens, super annoying, some network issues, the repetitive nature of uh, the the in-game activities is a problem. That was my feeling when I was playing the demo. I kept saying, as I say, always say for those game-as-a-service PvE games, you have to give people reasons to do the same thing over and over again. And I didn't feel like there was that that motivation in the demo or, you know, what I could perceive of the full game. Seems there is some issue there. Um would you recommend people buy it uh, if, you know, they still have a choice? No, and it it pains me to say that because I was really excited for this game. Mm. I, I uh, It's just, I don't think it's well made. That's a deep cut, I guess. It's not just that it's a technical issues you think like there's design problems with the game. There, yeah, I, I think it was, it's just... A poorly, re- it feels like a polished turd, uh, to put it uh, wow, as, that's as super crassly as I can. Like th- this, it feels so disjointed, uh, and and stitched together, uh, and none of the the stitched pieces uh, are good enough in their own right. Wow. Uh, so you you have all of these disjointed, in my opinion, uh, average game experiences, and then they're just kind of stuck together um Oof. with 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 extremely no like it, it's very obvious that there's there's this set together because of the load screens that there's it doesn't flow at all it's really hard to fault ea and bioware for putting it out because it has been in like the very early stages of development where 2012 uh, i believe so it's been in development for seven years um and it's really hard to say they should have kept working on it for two more years and sink however many, you know, dozens of millions of dollars. Um, that's what Blizzard does. Again, you know, we get back to that. That's a really tough decision. Um, but yeah, everything I'm hearing is it's not just not 
up to stuff for so many reasons. There's the loading screens, there's the uh, disconnect, there's the... But the moment-to-moment gameplay, is it fun at least? Do you, are you enjoying that? Oh, yeah, controlling your javelin is really fun. And that's what... It, to me, I think that's what's making me kind of so bummed about this game is that uh, every time I I launch up in the air and land a sweet combo, I'm like, oh, this could have been so good. Mm. This could have been such an amazing game. And yet it, it's 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 by by drastic comparison of how much fun it is to fly my javelin around that everything else, all of the other issues of the game are are so apparent. You know, it's funny. It's exactly my feeling from the VIP demo. Exactly. It's horrible. But uh, it, it the game was just starting to figure out what it was. And they could have made it into something much better if they had an, a couple of extra years of development. But again, how many hundreds of millions of dollars have they sunk into this development already? Can you... It, it, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like you said, it's understandable, but it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't excuse it. Yeah. No, I I agree. And and maybe the game is they thought, you know what, we really need some income right now. Let's for this project, let's release it. It's not going to be great, but we're going to keep working on it for the next two years. And in two years, we'll have Anthem two, or you know, uh, an expansion, and it will make that game awesome, and everyone will love it. I mean, yeah, if history teaches us anything. Destiny Two didn't make that work, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's it's so difficult because I, I know a lot of people who are really enjoying the game. So this mm. is, you know, again, very much my opinion. If you're enjoying it, I'm, I'm not saying that your enjoyment is is wrong. Uh, I think you may just be more patient than I am, <laughs> right? And you're probably more forgiving of the story, which is is boring me to tears at the moment. Yeah, that's uh, so many things to say. Well, I'll I'll play it in a few days. I'll have other things to say in uh, the next episode, I'm sure. Uh, so you'll have another take on it. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, let's talk about happy things. But then I look at the rundown and I see Crackdown 3 is on there. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's reviewing terribly which is kind of confirming the fears that um, we we were all feeling with the delays and the trailers and all of it. I don't know that there's a lot to say about it. It's kind of same thing if you're enjoying it. Uh, awesome. I'm happy for you. But it seems not a lot of people are. I would just say I'm, I'm the wrong guest for this because I was done with Crackdown after the first one. I can't I remember. enjoyed the first one and I, I didn't need to go back. Yeah. The second one was terrible, and the the, I mean, from what I've heard, um, but uh, it's like between around sixty percent on Metacritic, and you know what that means. Uh, yeah, too for, bad for me. It was uh, uh, Saints Row Three really just filled the crackdown void for me, and uh, mm. I, I didn't need a sequel to Saints Row at that point. Like it's just it's a really fun game style, but it's also it's very old. And uh, I, I, I personally, I just don't need more of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they could have made it into something fresh and fun with the core uh, elements of the first game. I think it's not necessarily that, you know, a crackdown game is always going to be bad. We've seen many games reinvent themselves in successful ways uh, from cult classics. Uh, it seems in this case, they have not been successful. 
Um, hey, I all right. Something that is good. Uh, have you ever played For Honor? N no. Isn't this a really old game? It is. Uh, it came out two years ago in 2017. Um, it's a, a Ubisoft game, and it's available on PlayStation Plus. Um, it's free on PlayStation Plus for the month. Well, quote-unquote free. And I've always wanted to give it a try, but I never had time because, you know, uh, <laughs> what we keep saying, games, awesome games everywhere. Uh, but I figured I'd, I'd take it out for a spin. And it is awesome. It is really great. It's a super good game. It's For those who don't remember, um, it's uh, uh, one of those games that uh, Ubisoft put out. Maybe it wasn't as successful as they would have hoped initially, but they kept working on it. It kind of make me, makes me think I should give uh, uh, Rainbow Six Siege a, a try, which is in the same category of games that they kept working on and made polished to a... a super good level kept with it and, and the community uh kept with it as well um and it's kind of ubisoft's mo right now like, yeah, at, yeah. or at least in the last few years was release kind of middling titles but keep supporting them until they you know someone you know, if you if you weren't keeping up with it from update to update you, you try it again you're like oh my god this this game's really good yeah And that's and I don't know how much of the core of it is more healthy for Rainbow Six Siege and For Honor as compared to something like Anthem. Um, I don't know. Maybe, you know, Anthem is going to follow the same path, maybe. But For Honor, um, it's a, a melee combat game in middle-aged type settings. And you can choose to play uh, one of several different classes, uh, essentially, from uh, uh, the, the knights, which have that kind of aesthetic, the Vikings, or the um, uh, uh, Japanese feudal Japan-type warriors, so samurai, etc. And there's additional uh, characters you can buy in the new faction from China if you want to pay for it. Um, but they all have like each different character, each different class from each uh, uh, faction has different gameplay style and you have this uh, really fun system of different guards so you're going to guard left right or up and you have different moves like uh, uh, you know throw roll heavy attack light attack and they combine all of those in a way that is almost fighting game type um, and they have little quirks on different characters that make it really compelling and there's a very strong uh, uh pvp element of it of course but there's also a super strong single player element in a story that is kind of compelling uh that takes you through all of the factions and in pvp activities that you can all play in pve uh settings if you choose to so you don't have to uh, go and get destroyed by the um you know people who have been playing forever Um, and, and there are there's an influx of new players actually because of this uh, uh, free inclusion in of the inclusion in, in the PS Plus. It's I mean I, it's not the best game of the you know the year or anything, but it's really good. I would really encourage anyone who think they might be interested or intrigued by what I just said to go and try it out. Uh, super strong title. This sounds like my experience with a uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands last year when I was oh, just really? like. Oh, it's on sale. I guess I'll pick it up. And I picked it up and I'm like, this game is incredible. That's funny. I played it a little bit and I didn't, it wasn't really my thing. So now no, I'm thinking I really, maybe I, some I, people I, will not like For Honor. But uh, I, I really enjoy uh, like, uh, 
kind of reconning where I'm going to go through and, 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 you know, mm. murder a bunch of fools. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's basically, it's my favorite part of Metal Gear Solid five without, uh, and, and, and it's just that for the whole game. Mm. Well, um, I mean, if you like blood swords and, uh, gore and <laughs> I don't I do, know that Patrick, kind of I love all of those things. <laughs> well, go play for honor. It's, uh, it's really worth it. Um, there was, there's updates for Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, it's the fourth year for that game. Can you imagine? Um, and The Division wow. 2 has its open beta on March, March 1st. And what's really funny is that a lot of people are, are pretty positive about that game when it was looking like, you know, it's releasing right after Anthem. Um, that might be a tough, uh, spot to be in, but. Uh, a lot of people are super positive. A lot of improvements over the first one. We'll see when we try the beta. But I'm wondering if I might not be interested in that game as I search for a uh, uh, you know something to quench my destiny-like thirst. And it seems Anthem might not be it. I I thoroughly enjoyed the first division, so mm. I am looking forward to Division Two. The, the only issue with the, the, where Division fell apart for me is that none of my friends played it, and yeah. it was definitely a game that was better enjoyed with friends. You know what? I don't have friends, so I play all of those games alone anyway. So I I might enjoy the Division Two. <laughs> well, if you start playing it, let me know and let's uh, let's sync up on a platform. Do you know what the problem is? Time uh, zones. That's the problem. It's it's that, really that is an issue, but I do like getting up in the morning. Okay, all right. So we'll do that. We'll we'll have a division two team, and we'll be able to to be just like they always are. Uh, the players are in those uh, Ubisoft trailers, uh, and you know, go like, uh, "Hey, Garrett, uh, can you watch my six? I'll throw out a grenade on the people <laughs> on the left side of the building." <laughs> you're you, you're joking, but this is what I liked about the first division is I actually talked to the like one friend <laughs> that actually played it it we our games sounded like an e3 demo <laughs> that sounds awesome all right we'll do that and and uh, stream it um wonderful uh, well i'll have a coffee you'll have a nightcap and uh that, <laughs> we'll that have some fun works hello uh hollow knight did you like hollow knight I, uh, I'm, I hesitate to say I haven't played it and please don't tweet me with how I clearly have missing out and have no soul because it's an amazing game and changed your life. Yada, yada, yada. Folks are, folks are stoked on hollow Knight and very passionate about it. Well, I'm, I'm even worse than you because I bought it twice, played it twice, several hours and didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, I know. Oh, man, we are making no friends on today's episode of Pixels. Yeah, but you know what? If you did like it, be happy because uh, the sequel, full sequel called Silk Song, where you play Hornet, one of the characters, which looks really cool. I mean, the whole game looks uh, pretty co- pretty good, uh, even in my opinion. But um, but Silk Song is coming at some point. But it's a full sequel. That's that made a lot of people very happy. Um, so. Remember how there were uh, MMOs that were going to kill WoW over and over and over again for 10 years? Um, apparently, there are card games that are going to be killing Hearthstone, and Artifact was one of them, <laughs> <laughs> according to some people. Um, it, has, it has fallen to under I, I think when I uh, read the news it was a thousand concurrent player now according to um, uh, steam tarts it's under 500 
concurrent players. Uh, it's around that. Like, when I'm looking at it, it's 700. So 700 concurrent players. Now, the game has a lot of issues, uh, not the least of which is the fact that you have to pay for it and it has a business model that includes buying card packs on top of the fact that you have to pay for it. Um, I'm, uh, did you play it? Is it good? I'm guessing not. People would be playing it even with the business I model. bought it and then I watched the tournament they did, I think a week ahead of it releasing, and decided I didn't need to play it. Really? Is it that bad? The, the tournament was one of the dullest things I have ever watched in my life. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what that means? That means, that says, making games is hard. Making games is hard, Patrick. You can get the literal creator of Magic the Gathering to create a new card game and still have a flop. Uh, not just the creator of Magic the Gathering. The creator who partners with one of the arguably best video games company in history, Valve, um, Although, I mean, they're not making games anymore. Um, they haven't been for a while. <laughs> but, uh, I'm but still. I'm like, well, are, they, are you sure they're still making games, Patrick? I'm not sure about that. <laughs> well, they are made they artifact. <laughs> are they still a studio? I'm pretty sure they're a store. They're just right. like a storefront. Right. It's just Valve, and there's a, an automatic door that opens up. You walk in, and uh, yeah. What's that company they bought? Oh, I can't remember. Damn it. That is releasing a game. Ah, it's like an indie. Damn it. Don't you remember <laughs> what company they bought I, uh, recently and everyone was joking, oh, they're making a game, they're releasing that game that that company just made? I, 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 did, I do not, sadly. I'm going crazy. I have to Google this. Um, oh, oh, uh, fire, right. Firewatch Santo Campo. Camp Santo Campo, Firewatch. Yeah. Camp Campo Santo. Campo, Campo Santo. What did I say? Santo Campo? Uh, yeah, you, oh. had it, you, you had it backwards. Uh, yeah, uh, so Firewatch. In the Valley okay. of Gods yeah. is going to be a game by... Blizzard uh, by Valve. So Valve, yeah. <laughs> a little slip there. You know what they need to do, uh, Valve? Mm -hmm. uh, how have I not already heard that you've uh, acquired whoever was behind Auto Chess? How how has that not been a headline yet? Yeah, absolutely. They they have because th that's what they do. They get the people who make mods from other games, and uh, that's how Dota Two was was created, right? So listen, uh, Mr. Valve, I'm speaking to you directly. Uh, do you remember? Uh, this game that you acquired that was a mod of a of, or a custom map out of Warcraft Three, uh, Dota, and how you uh, essentially you 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 succeeded where Blizzard failed. You saw the potential of this of this uh, this custom map within a game in another studio, and and you capitalized on that. Don't pull a Blizzard. Don't let Auto Chess <laughs> slip through your fingers because I guarantee you, there's probably seven other studios making Auto Chess ripoffs right now. Yes, absolutely. We'll see one before the end of the year. I'm certain, and it's going to be called something like Auto Chess or uh, Magic Chess or Auto Dota or something. Uh, I, I, they should call it Polished Chess because that's all that game needs. <laughs> um, hey, one thing I absolutely do not understand um the ceo and um uh, uh who was it like the the there are two executives at blizzard who switched jobs like literally one was ceo and president and one was um uh, uh do, do, can't remember i can't even remember in charge of like the the network uh the the playstation uh, business. One was the PlayStation business, and one was the uh, oh, network. I didn't, I didn't hear about. I didn't hear about this. They switched jobs, 
and uh, I don't understand what's happening there. If someone can explain it to me, I mean, I've been. It's been explained like they want uh, the one who is more. Uh, uh, dynamic to be in charge of the PlayStation network aspect of it and making sure that it runs um, uh, uh, well, that they're going to expand it. Maybe I'm thinking there might be some uh, streaming expansions behind it or something like that, but I don't know. I'll Maybe I'll have uh, Daniel Ahmad at some point on the show and he can explain it to me because I, I read the articles 15 times and didn't get it. So... <laughs> well, um, I listen to you try and recant it, and I don't get it. So no, that's probably because I uh, are making a terrible job at explaining it because I don't get it. Um, yeah, they're, they're basically what they want to do is is focus on PlayStation Network, and that is probably a good idea given ha where the uh, gaming business is going. But yeah, I don't know. Um, what else? A very quick tidbits uh to finish uh to finish the show there was evo uh, evo japan which is you know the big uh fighting game competition that happens in the u.s but there's a japanese edition uh they, they act actually took it offline midway through the stream because the developers and people presenting dead or live six um which they had announced very proudly that the game had grown up and you didn't have as much like jiggly boobs and and uh, uh, super sexist presentations of everything, they were getting so bad, like show, pausing the game in compromising positions for the women and like they the, 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 the people responsible for Evo actually took the stream offline. They were like, we, no, we can't have that. Um, so, I mean, dead or alive, it has a history. Maybe it was a publicity stunt. I don't know. But I guess I'm still 13 because I find this kind of amusing. It's amusing, but it's also, you know, kind of not. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, it's, it's giggly amusing, but it's also something that, is, uh, uh, that has serious implications in the long run. Uh, so, anyway. And, and, you know, that's not what we need in the gaming industry right now, I think. But... Uh, if they want to make a game like this, they, they can do what they want. But I guess the people uh, in charge of Evo thought it was a little bit too much for their, their, their uh, uh, stream and the image they want to project, which I think is also their prerogative. Well, I, I, well that's, I think, playing into my amusement is, you know, I think, I think if, this just, if this just went on like this <laughs> uninterrupted, it, it would have stopped being funny and started right. being... Uh, yeah, probably borderline offensive, but the yeah. fact that it also ended in Eva going, <laughs> that's enough guys and pulling yeah. the plug. Um, the whole thing is just, yeah, it's, uh, you know, what, what if 13 year old me had a large audience? <laughs> that's what you would uh, do. Should, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I should probably be pulled off the air. <laughs> Uh, Nino Kuni is going to be turned into an animation movie, uh, least surprising announcement of the history of video games. Um, Fortnite, uh, the season eight battle pass, you can get it for free if you complete a, a number of challenges, uh, which some people have said, hey, we want to counter the um, Apex Legends uh uh, uh, rise. I think these things are planned a lot in advance. But if you want to get a battle pass for free for the latest season of Fortnite, you can play the game, get a battle pass, and then enjoy the fact that you have to play more with the battle pass to get more stuff. So 
there you go. Um, a few small studios have been complaining about uh, Sony not giving them the okay for doing crossplay. Um, we're talking about uh, companies like High Res Studios, uh, whose Realm Royale I praised last episode, and I think that's really crappy of Sony. Of essentially, they said, "Yeah, we're gonna allow it," and now they're dragging their feet and and not allowing um, anyone who's not big enough to make a stink to uh, enable crossplay they they allowed of course epic with fortnite and um uh, rocket league also has crossplay now but the smaller ones they're not giving it to them which sucks and finally the biggest question anyone has ever asked about games can you get money because fortnite is using your dance in their game um, it seems you cannot. The U.S. Copyright Office has told... Um, what's the name of Carlton from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? I don't know the actor's um, name. I just, know, I just know him as Carlton because okay. that was... Such... Oh, Alfonso Ribeiro. Uh, Al- Al- there, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that was, it was such a staple of my childhood. <laughs> it's Carlton. Uh, so what he did, for those who don't know, he uh, copyrighted his dance or uh, uh, asked for a copyright for his dance um, three days before suing epic for the use of it and other people followed suit and uh, a lot of people were suing blizzard for it uh, uh blizzard why do i keep saying blizzard for every company uh epic for it and uh, apparently the u.s copyright office said sorry this is not a uh, choreography it's just a few moves and it can't be copyrighted because it's like three moves st- uh, string together so it would seem that uh, most likely the dances cannot be copyrighted and these uh, lawsuits are not going to be um uh you know successful well, yeah, the, the simplest way I, I heard it explained was was that full performances can be copyrighted, but individual dance motions cannot. Right, exactly. Uh, oh, and Far Cry New Dawn is apparently not great, which is sad. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. That All right. Fun. That's, that's it. We did it. A lot of things to talk about, and we talked about... All of them. Thank you, Garrett, for being with me uh, on this show. Thanks if for, if thanks people for me back, dude. want to uh, listen to one of your 15 different podcasts where you talk about uh, Activision Blizzard some more, where would they go, I wonder? You can find them all at amove.tv. It's A-M-O-V-E dot TV. That is the website where they can be found. They're all, all of them are on uh, every single podcatcher you can think of, but I would uh, particularly like to spotlight my new Apex Legends show. It is called Enter the Apex. Two episodes are out. Trixler of, uh, of Blizzard and Heroes Casting fame uh, guested us uh, on the most recent episode, so go give that a listen. Excellent. Enter the Apex. It is in your podcasting app already. For me, it's not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and of course, Frenchspin, <clears throat> Frenchspin.com. Speaking English is not as easy as it sounds, or as it might seem. Um, so Frenchspin.com is the place to go if you want to tell us what you think about, you know, Tetris 99, maybe a little bit about Activision Blizzard, or any other uh, topic we discussed today. Uh, please feel free to do so. I will be happy to read your messages. And uh, that's it. We will be back hopefully in a couple of weeks. I'm traveling, so we'll see if I uh, manage to put the show together. We'll see what happens. Um, but we'll be back very soon to talk about more games. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you then. Bye.